Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. First of all, I have to start off with an apology to Crow. Huh. I'm. That's rare. Yeah. Well, usually I'm not wrong. And here's why. Last episode, when we talked about the Ben Shapiro thing, about the whole article of woke scolds getting thrown off Twitter and all this by conservatives who are finally using their tactics... And how the liberals were going, oh, my God, look at these tactics they're using. Crow and I were talking about this earlier in the week, and he goes, oh, they're gaslighting. And a light went off in my head, and I went, I finally understand what gaslighting means. <laughs> yeah, so these liberal uh, journalists or whatever writers were were writing about this as if it was a new phenomena that the conservatives came up with against liberals to to mass flag their content and get them kicked off of the social media platforms. And they were writing about it as if this is a conservative thing. So gaslighting is basically someone going, he started it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, in, a way, in some instances, yes. Well, so. anyway, I appreciate you for explaining a term to me that I've looked up several times and don't get, and everybody's talking about, and I still don't get it. And all of a sudden I had an epiphany and I get it. And if, if anybody out there is going, everybody knows what gaslighting is. No, they don't. They just hear it and they go, but you're just, you're just gaslighting. I remember having an argument with somebody and I said, that's a straw man argument. And they're like, well, it is not. And they went on about something else. And I, it was a gun debate. And I said, again, straw man argument. And they didn't know what a straw man argument was. So then they came back to me with something and said, well, that's a straw man argument. I'm like, no, that's literally a fact. (laughs) What, what do you even know? What a strong man. Yeah, of course I do. Everybody sure. knows what a strong man argument is. I don't is. think you know what, I don't think this word is what you think it is. I do nothing it means, what you think it means. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take, I'll take your uh, apology. I, I am truly sorry. <laughs> you, uh, you deserved credit there and I didn't give it to you. All right. So. Well, we're starting off this, this episode very well then. And it's going downhill from here. Yep. You want to read a bunch of shitty would you rather's to? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll take the worst. I'll take the ones that I circled as being bad. And we'll read those next. Um, so we're behind on some of this stuff. We got, we meant to talk about some last time, but we got, uh, we got off. We got carried away. Yeah. The, um, so we got to be a little bit more, you know, on, on, a little more on the focused. ball here. Yeah. All right. So let's just start off with Justin Trudeau as a, what's that word? He's a fig. A fig. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that doesn't keep track of foreign um, leaders. It's Canada. Why would you? Yeah. But just, just, Justin Trudeau was like a male model school teacher <laughs> that is now prime minister of Canada. And he's exactly what you would expect. He's like Zoolander. If you've seen the movie Zoolander, yeah. that's Trudeau. Yep. That's Zoolander was a, was a male model idiot with a bunch of male model idiot friends. And that's what Trudeau is. I don't know. That's kind of mean to Zoolander. Yeah. So he's he he does gaff after gaff of of all this completely politically correct woke stuff. Like he's the one that said he was at a forum and someone asked some girl asked him a question 
about uh, something global warming or something destroying mankind or something. And he we goes, call it, we call it person kind. Yeah, we, we don't use that term here. We use person kind. And people just ripped him a new one. A word that no one uses yeah. anywhere. And he came back or his team came back like way too late to say, well, it was just a bad joke. It's like, no, Trudeau, that was not a joke. <laughs> that was, was you being ultra woke. He was taking it out of context. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he went to India and he had like a multiple costume changes while he was in India. As prime minister, he'd show, he went there and he had pictures taken or he had like Instagram pictures or something happened where he was wearing all these like elaborate Indian garb, like traditional garb. And, and, it was like it was it was so embarrassing, and, and the Indians were offended by it. Everybody was offended by it. Going, what are you doing? But he also so now it just recently came out that he um, quote unquote or uh, dressed up in quote unquote blackface, and technically he didn't do that. But when people talk about dressing up in blackface, you think of back in the uh, '30s or whatever the the minstrel shows where black people weren't allowed to take the stage to act out parts and also even on even the early days of like movies and stuff they they weren't able so what what the white people would do is they put shoe polish on their face and whatever and and pretend they were the black people but it was very disparaging yeah it was it'd make them look stupid mammy that kind of thing that's al jolson with the with the black shoe polish on his face and you know they do like the step and step and fetch it routine but they'd be white guys acting like you know black people but making them seem like they were completely complete idiots stuff like that so that's the connotation of blackface now so but now they people the woke left uses it for anything even if you you know if you use a bronzer like a tan you know self tan or something you're 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 committing blackface at this point so uh trudeau though got called out for it because he was at some arabian nights halloween party and he ended up bronze or uh, tanning his skin darker to make it look him look more swarthy because mm-hmm. he's a pale dude um so that came out and, and of course you know right away he's like oh yes that was so offensive i can't we should look up his response to that it's pretty damn funny um uh yes that's a so one time i did it and then next thing you know here comes another one where he did it again okay two times then another one comes out he's like well i don't recall all the times i did it but it was out of a place of privilege that Look, i did that and I, was, I didn't realize it was i was doing drinking it. a lot at the time well what he what he said in his if you can look up his response while i'm talking here okay um what he said was that because of his place of because of his pl- place of privilege that he didn't even understand what he was doing to cause significant harm to minorities um, and he doesn't remember it because it didn't even really register him that he was doing such significant harm because of his privilege is basically the gist of what he was saying. So it was like woke upon woke squared. That's <laughs> what he, you know, the response he was giving to this. And um, it's sad because he's, he, he always comes across as trying way too hard to be, you know, the, the, the most progressive guy in the room. So he'll earnestly sit forward and get that little furrowed brow and do the cold steel look, you know, the Zoolander look. And he'd be like, yes, because, uh, because of my toxic masculinity, I don't understand. You need to, to, to educate. And he was one of those guys and he's mm-hmm. a leader of a country. It's, it's embarrassing for, I mean, as a Canadian, you've got to be embarrassed by this guy. And he showed up, there was a summit he went to. that was so funny to watch the video. He goes to the summit. None of the, none of the world leaders respect him. 
Nobody does. They they all look at him as a joke. And even France, even uh, what's his name? What's the leader of France? He, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But uh, even he disrespects Trudeau. But Trudeau is at some summit, and you know all the world leaders were kind of filing in. They were getting ready to sit at their little desks with the uh, translation and you know the the earpieces that have the translation, all that. And he walked in with this like deer in the headlights look, like looking around, like what am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do. Who do I talk to? Well, nobody's paying attention to me. So should I go up to somebody? And he'd go up to like one of the leaders, and he'd be like, he'd stick his hand out to shake their hand, and they'd be like. They'd like look the other way and like start talking away. I mean, almost that bad and start talking to somebody else. And he's like, oh, and he'd like you know, wipe his hand on his leg or whatever. And then he'd just like sit down and like fumble something and look around while everybody's like glad handing each other and being, you know, being the cool kids. And he's like, he is so pathetic. So, see. so here's a, I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better, but I didn't. And I'm really sorry. Um, Let's see, I take responsibility for my decision to do that. I shouldn't have done it, and I should have known better. He added, it's something that I didn't think was racist at the time, but now I recognize it was something racist to do, and I'm deeply sorry. That's not the quote uh, I'm thinking of. I went on more. to say, I've worked all my life to try and create opportunities for people to fight against racism and intolerance, and I can't, I can stand here, I can stand, I can just stand here and say that I made a mistake when I was younger, and I wish I hadn't. Okay, racism and intolerance. There's nothing about what he did, even though he's a big fucking doof. There's nothing about emulating somebody else and trying to look like somebody else um, that's racist or intolerant. You're not intolerant when you're trying to, you know, it sounds to me like what he was doing was trying to look the part. He wasn't trying to, like, diminish a race or trying to, like, stereotype them in a negative way. That's not his intent. It all For me, it comes down to intent. I mean, if you're putting on a, like a, a sombrero and a poncho and a, like a big black mustache and some fucked up teeth or something. And you're like, I so sleepy. I see siesta. Like that. And, you know, like acting like an idiot. And, um, oh, look, my back is so wet. That kind of thing. Right. I need to eat some bean because I'm a beaner. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to make you really uncomfortable. I see you uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just sad for you. Oh. <laughs> but the, the the problem is, they think like uh, Jennifer Aniston just recently posed for a, a cover shoot, and I'm offended by the fact that she's made herself look a lot worse with all the Botox and the the, the collagen injections she's done lately. Is she age appropriating? She just she just looks bad. Really? I've always uh, thought she looked I, good. I did too. I think uh, like Horrible Bosses, she looked great. And there was another, a couple other movies just recently she was in. But this cover, she looked really bad. She looked like 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 she had just got done from a fresh thing of Botox injections. Because uh, her and mouth couldn't move? She, couldn't, just, she, had a, she smiled like this? Yeah, she had a weird look to her. And I'm like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> You're not aging gracefully. You feel bad for Jennifer Aniston. But the thing is, they bronzed her up too. So she had a like a Dude, deep she's tan. Like Fifty. She looks great. I maybe not in this picture. Uh, yeah, that's saying. what I'm saying. She does. I'm. I've. I. I have always liked her, but the, this picture alone did not look good. I think there's obviously airbrushing involved too, so maybe that didn't help. But they're upset with her because you know, oh, you know, why are you darkening your skin? Because, because it looks better in in certain situations uh, and and with different lighting, especially at photo shoots. By the way, if I'm outside a lot, nature does that. Yeah, there there are, are white people that get really brown in sun, and then in the wintertime they're like very white again. It's just how their their pigments work. So if you go out and get sunburned, are Native Americans supposed to be angry with you? Uh, that's racist. 
Why? Because you're you're calling um, Native Americans, you're considering them them red. I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do have that football team. So, do you have more to say about uh, the fig, Justin Trudeau? Um, I. He's just I, an embarrassing. I don't have this to say so much to Trudeau. It's just all of Canada. He nobody, said, nobody yeah. takes your prime minister seriously because he's a big dumb dummy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can say you can say our president is a big dumb dummy and you may not be wrong. Okay? He's got his issues too. But Justin Trudeau is like a man child who is he really where he is. is because of where his who his dad was. Oh, he is Zoolander. Cuz Pierre Trudeau, who I believe is his dad, was prime minister. But here's the thing, Canada. Not only is it hard to take your prime minister seriously, it's hard to take you seriously. I understand you're a prosperous first world country and you do this. Oh, we're a huge country with all this landmass, but nobody fucking lives in most of it because it's too damn cold. Okay. We have 325 million people in this country and you're always telling us about your great, awesome healthcare system and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. You have like 30 million people who live there. And most of them live about 30 miles north of the United States. <laughs> and I, I recently went on a trip. To Alaska, and we had to stay in Vancouver the night before. And everybody talks about what a beautiful city Vancouver is. Vancouver is a nice city. Vancouver is not exactly beautiful. Okay. But they're strippers. Uh, that's what I that's hear. That's what I hear. That's what no I hear. No experience. And they have, they have some really cool looking buildings in, uh, in Vancouver, but they have a lot of these sort of just government type construction, gray, blah sort of buildings. It's. Vancouver's a nice city. It's not like knock your socks off beautiful. So Canada, fucking chill out. So I just okay. pulled up some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's blackface. Uh, maybe it's because it's a black and white photo, but uh, uh, that, so that one Arabian Nights one of him. With yeah. The, so he's with two other guys with full. They look like Sikhs with full beards. Mm -hmm. I think they, they're actual Sikhs. It looks like uh, I could be wrong. Which, you know, the Indian, um, East Indian mm -hmm. with turbans and all that. But he is wearing like a white turban and, you know, got his big white smile and he is blacker than black. So I don't mm -hmm. know. If, I mean, yeah, this is not just he's... tan. This is, and his hands even are like, mm -hmm. he's got his hand against this guy's black um, shoulder or whatever. You can barely see his hand. So yeah, that is some blackface. There's one of him in a white turban with four women. Three of them are white and one of them's Asian. Oh, it must be the same outfit he, then. He looks dark as hell. Yeah. I mean, why well, would you do that? Well, so here's my thing, Canada. Look, you generally have better beer than we do, and you have better fishing, and your donuts are awesome. But aside from that, stop lecturing us about everything, okay? Cut it out. Because we don't care. As for the content. And you know what? I'm not sorry. Yeah, Take that, Canada. Sorry, if to say it like that. That's I'm like not sorry. As for the content of his apology, he mostly seems to repeat a handful of, of lines about 10 times in both English and French. He's sorry. He should have known better. He, What he did was racist, etc. At one point, a reporter asked if he'd ever done this any other time, and Trudeau replied, When I was in high school, I dressed up for a talent show and sang Deo with makeup on. <laughs> a photo of Trudeau dressed as Harry Belafonte has now surfaced. Yeah, it's... Oh, uh, another party showed up. Uh, yeah. Wow. Holy cow. This guy's funny, man. 
Yeah, so perhaps the best question asked yesterday came from a reporter who pointed out that Trudeau's campaign has been hammering the conservatives for inappropriate posts on social media and has promised much more to come. How could you credibly do something like that in the middle of the campaign after what we've all seen tonight, he asked. Trudeau replied, I've taken responsibility for it, for having made a real mistake in the past. I stand here before Canadians, as I will throughout this campaign, and talk about the work we have to do to make a better country together. And I'm going to continue to stay focused on that and continue to work to fight intolerance and discrimination, even though obviously I made a mistake in the past. Well, yeah, it's Trudeau. He can he can do that. So anybody else, though, that said anything mildly offensive 10 years ago, they're, they're, if they're conservative, they're out. They're done. So... Oh, Hypocrisy, wait. thy oh. name is Trudeau. Hang on, here's a quote from him. Okay, this might be the one I was thinking of then. Oh, boo-hoo, I'm sorry. Do my policies bother you, SJWs? Oh, no. He says in a TV spot, uh, he victimized, claims to be victimized by cancel culture and remarks that if it was how, quote, those prissy, whiny snowflakes were going to be, he didn't even want to be their goddamn prime minister. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Wake uh, up, soy boys. Yeah, sure. <laughs> From Vancouver to Halifax, it's time for this country to stop answering to feminazis and uncuck itself. Oh. <laughs> the so-called, quote-unquote, tolerant left is just going to have to deal with the fact that by the time I'm through, there's not going to be a single safe space left in all of Canada. Within hours of the new slogan release, uh, polls confirmed that the Prime Minister's approval rating had skyrocketed in 91%. Is this Babylon B? No, it's the Onion. Oh. So, which is pretty good. The Onion's been up in its game lately. Cause well, yeah, because Babylon, Babylon B has been killing good. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm done with Trudeau. <laughs> Canada will be soon, too. So. <laughs> um, all right, so the... Democrats had another one of their debates, the third debate a couple weeks ago, and uh, Beto basically got up there and said, hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. You're... There are so many things wrong in what he said. First of all, um, a mandatory buyback is confiscation. Yeah. You know, yeah, it th- really is. Don't uh, split hairs with that because that's Secondly, I'm tired of him and people on the left who don't know anything about guns saying these are weapons of war. No, they're not. Nope. No military uses them. They are not. Um, select fire, single, yeah. triple shot, full auto. They're not. No, no serious gun person would would take those into a battlefield and use them. No, it, it stop calling them that. That's not what they are. Uh, secondly, AR-15s fire one of the smallest bullets there is. I mean, yeah, it's basically a twenty-two, a little more powder. Yeah, it's a two-two-three. It's yep. not. The it's, side, yes, the side, it's a very small bolt. Uh, and it doesn't make round. them more accurate. And, you know, here's the thing about the about the mandatory background checks that everybody's talking about. Most people do not believe in mandatory background checks. They'll say that's what the polls say. The poll questions are coming out like, do you think we should do more? Well, yes, most people will say that. Even people like us who are pro-gun believe we should do more doesn't necessarily mean we should take more guns away. Maybe we should put metal detectors in the doorways of schools. Maybe we should have an armed guard at a school. And this idea that, well, why should the children have to be put up with that? You have armed guards everywhere else that you go. Or, or just all, I'm, all I want is to apply the laws that are in the books now and don't give people a... So when a person uses, commits a crime and they use a, a gun to commit that crime, there are laws in the books that make that... Uh, a stricter sentence guideline for that stick to that 
make it make it so that if you commit a crime and you're using a gun uh, in in the commission of that crime, that your sentence is doubled. Do it. Yeah. But they're not they're not doing that. No. They're they're do, they're actually going opposite of that. They're they're making it less. They're making crimes committed with weapons, uh, you know, gang related or, or whatever drug related or whatever. They're saying, well, we don't need to ruin this person's life just because he used a gun. We don't, we don't want to put him in prison forever. That's the industrial prison complex, and there's too many black men in there. We need blah 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 blah. Well, you know, those gun laws do affect minorities more adversely. The laws. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the system is racist against uh, them. And that's why they kill each other so much? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. That's such a high rate? Yeah. Gun violence. And Chicago gun violence is all white man's oh, fault. Oh, you, you white people bringing up Chicago now. You didn't care before. Now you care? Well, I'm not saying I care. <laughs> what gave you that impression? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> why I would think you would care about anything. It doesn't affect me personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't but, go. I just won't go to Chicago. But even Chris uh, Chris Coombs, the um, senator from Delaware, I think it is, is you know someone who's sort of saying, "Whoa, whoa, we gotta cut back on the saying we're gonna take guns away." You know, ixnay on the confiscation onf- uh, k, and you know people say, "Well, what's the big deal with having background checks for um, you know gun show sales and third part nonsense?" There are no goddamn gun show loopholes. If you want to buy a gun at a gun show, even if you go out of state, you have to have that gun transferred to another FFL uh, dealer. You can't just buy it and, you know, pick it up. And If you want to talk about, like, seriously, the more lenient transfer laws, it's a it's family to family or friend to friend or um, advertisements from, from a private party advertising to sell their guns. Right. That's where you don't have to do a background check. Now, here's the thing. Most people that sell... To a um, to somebody they don't know, like via um, um, gunbroker.com or whatever, they will not sell to a person that doesn't have a, a concealed carry permit. Right. Most people won't because if you sell if you sell to somebody and that gun gets used in, in the commission of a crime, it's a lot of bullshit you have to deal with. I mean, you probably won't get charged with anything. I because think you can be charged as an accessory. Only no, only if you knowingly sold it to somebody. Uh, that couldn't that you knew did not have the it, it's hard mean, to prove that well it's hard to prove it that doesn't mean you can't be charged yeah, you can for be charged it. for it and it can fuck your life up for yeah, a while you can be yeah. charged with so it. you don't want to deal with any of that so what you want to do is you go well i'm i'm not going to sell some yahoo off the street even though technically i don't ask him any questions he just buys the gun gives me the cash i don't know if he's a criminal i don't know and i don't have to know but the thing is if that guy goes and commits a crime you're going to get all kinds of hell for, for, for selling that gun, you're going to be talking to the police. You're going to be charged with something. Yeah. And it's going to fuck with your life. So you're not going to do that. And so yeah. it's the way it is right now is fine when it comes to that kind of thing. But the problem is the criminals are getting their hands on guns through straw man purchases. So their relatives are buying, you know, relatives without criminal records are buying guns for them or their friends are buying guns for them or uh, they're they're getting or stolen they're guns. They're breaking them. into houses. They're breaking into cars. They're breaking yeah. into whatever and they're getting stolen guns. That's the issue. Well, but the other part of the background checks is, you know, if I want to, if I want to give my kids my guns someday, you know, and say, look, I don't hunt anymore. Not that I hunt, but I don't go target shooting. I don't, I don't use them anymore. I'm not going to use them. Here you go. You can have them. Like eh, kids have to get a background check. 
which doesn't seem like a bad idea, except that now that's the first step to a gun registry, registry which is totally uh, it, that is something that you can't abide as an American. A gun right. registry. You can't say that that's okay. It's not. Otherwise, otherwise, that that is so anti-American ideal that you might as well just say, well, I guess I'm communist then. Well, and if you read the Federalist Papers, you understand that the the uh, and many other places, by the way, you know, they again, we've said this before. They say all the time, well, the founding fathers didn't understand this and they didn't understand that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they they're, extrapolated. They're very clear about what they wanted. They wanted the government to know that you had guns, and they wanted the government to have no idea how many you had, right, or where you had them, and that the government should be afraid of you. The registry is the first step to confiscation because if they have a registry and they decide they want to come get the guns, they can. And people say, "Well, it's not going to get. It's not going to get to that. Sure, maybe, whatever. But I'll tell you where it does go." There have been some counties, I think it was one was in New York, that they had where you had a gun registry. And one of the newspapers, I think it might have been the New York Times, published a list. of. They got a hold of it and published it. They actually put a map out yeah. showing where, the, where they're located on the map, where the gun purchasers basically live, the neighborhoods they're in. These houses own guns. Yeah, it was crazy. That's none of their damn business. Yeah. You know? Of course, I'd rather be the house that's known to have guns than the house that has the sign that says, we don't believe in guns. So you go on vacation. Yeah. You know, now criminals know there are guns in that house. They just wait for you to leave. That's why you, when, you, when you have the money to buy a gun, you need to have the money to buy a nice safe. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's bolted to the cement or bolted to the floor. Well, and let's face it, you know, people say, uh, you don't need an AR-15 for home defense. You know what? I'm going to agree with those people. You don't need an AR-15 for home defense. But here's why you should be able to have an AR-15. Because if the government ever decides to come start taking your guns, it's going to work a hell of a lot better than a revolver. Yeah. The, the point of guns is not for hunting. It's, it's not, not for hunting. for self-defense either. It's not for hunting and it's not meant, you know, the anti-gun people will say, all right, fine. It's great that you say you have a safe. So somebody kicks in your front door, you're not going to get that gun out of the safe. You're right. I'm not going to get an AR-15 out of my safe. But I'm going to get that gun that I have on my hip. Exactly. And I'm going to make some time, and I'm going to make them take cover. Yep. Yeah. And they go, well, well you talk about going against the government. The government has tanks and bombs. Well, how well, how well does that work against the Taliban over in Afghanistan? Or the Vietnamese. And, we're, we're talking about, know. yeah, we're talking about negotiating with them now to yeah. give them back the country. You think just having nukes and, and tanks and guns, you think that... that that's what You think the Founding Fathers didn't think that the government can have more artillery and weaponry than, than the citizenry, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, guerrilla warfare. They they knew about that. Yeah. They knew how effective it is. Well and and look, the British And no, I don't want to fight the government. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> that would not be fun. It's not something I would look forward to. Not exactly. But if you had to, I would take up arms. If we all of a sudden became, you know, the the tyrannical government that the left seems to think that we are, if we actually did become that, yeah, I would I would Join the my fellow Americans, and I take up arms against a tyrannical government. You know the I would hate doing it. And and the night of long knives kind of thing is not going to happen in a country where everybody has a gun. No, you know, and that was that was you know specifically Hitler's thing. I know we this is just retreading the same shit over and over again, but it's guns are the great equalizer, regardless of what the founding fathers meant for for guns. It 
if you're elderly, if you're a woman, if you're infirm in any way, if you have somebody coming into your home or, or out in public to take your things away from you, let's say you get a group of 5, 10, 15 people attacking you and you're one person, or if you get one bigger guy against you as a woman or an elderly person, how are you supposed to defend yourself? Are you saying women are inferior to men? Physically, yes. And the thing is... I hate you. Guns are an equalizer. No kidding. It's just... Time and time again, there's, there's, there's like millions of instances of guns being used defensively to keep a person from getting robbed, killed, beaten, raped. You know, and, and it, it's I, I, why would you want to as a feminist or as a as a liberal that wants to that wants to the elites not to have all the power? Why would you think it's OK to take the guns away from or to make it so difficult to buy a gun? Like you background checks that cost money, um, taxes, this and that, so that only the elites and the rich can afford it. The ones that can afford to have security are the only ones that can have guns. But but you as, as the as the, you know, the lower class person that doesn't make much money, you can't have one because it's prohibitively expensive to buy one. Well, why would you think that's okay? Then you're going to steal one, and then you're going to get thrown in jail yeah. for it. So, so all you class war- class warfare people, why would you think it's okay to take away guns from? Because the rich people are going to figure out how to get them, either through their own hands or through security, hiring people to have the guns for them. And you know, it's been said many times: all of these laws they're proposing are not going to stop the shootings that we had. No, they're not. I just get tired. I mean, it's like they keep hearing the same crap from the left over and over again we've debunked all their fucking shit so long and it's just but we still have shootings and we're gonna have shootings we have drownings we have car accidents we have planes crashing we have what else what other thing that happens that we could stop if we eliminated if we eliminated pools we'd eliminate drownings in pools if we eliminate bathtubs we'd eliminate people slipping and killing themselves in bathtubs. If we eliminated, if we blunted knives, maybe people wouldn't get stabbed with knives. Yeah, they'd kill each That's other That's what they're talking spoons. about doing in Europe, by the way, <laughs> in, in Great Britain or London. The mayor, Sadiq Khan, you know, now that now that uh, um, stabbings are out of control in, in London, they're talking about knife buybacks and then uh, blunting the ends of, ends of knives that get sold now. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's not about the, the tool. It's not about the tools, the culture and the laws. Well, the whole point of bringing this up was there are Democrats who, when when uh, Beto said, hell yeah, we're taking your guns, and people applauded, there were moderate Democrats, of which I don't think Chris Coombs is even one. I don't think he's a moderate Democrat, who just went, oh, shit, here we go. You really said that. You really said that. Because now that's, that's going to be a campaign ad for the next 30 years. It's going to be Beto up yeah. going, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns. And... Chris Coombs is right. You're going to get a bunch of people who are like, you know, we talk about one-issue voters on the left. There are one-issue voters on the right, and a lot of them are gun people. And if you get a guy saying, yeah, we're going to take them from you, yeah, you're going to get people who show up. Yeah. So. Well, let's uh, – I was going to segue into – because we did talk about uh, multiple attackers against one person. So in Minneapolis – this became national news. Oh, how, Fight Club. Yeah, if, uh, the we don't we don't talk about Fight Club. Crime has went up. How, how, what's the percentage that's gone up in the last uh, I don't know, couple months? Forty six percent, fifty two percent. We don't talk about Fight Club. Gr- groups groups of quote unquote people attacking a person. Yeah, don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. So, but before we do that, let's uh, do some would you rather's. Uh, Rooster, would you rather be a personal chauffeur for multiple celebrities? 
and get inside scoops about whatever their life or get an investment for your own startup business. How, how stupid is that? That's a dumb question. I guess it depends what your startup business would be. Oh, if it's something that's so dumb that it would yeah. crash and burn like immediately. So yeah. it's like a waste of time. Yeah. Like Personal chauffeur was, for multiple celebrities. If it was, I was going to get an infusion of cash to start my uh, T-shirt screening business. Well, I guess <laughs> if you're a personal chauffeur, that is your startup business for multiple celebrities. You're probably gonna unless make, you're just working. You're for probably going to make good money, and you probably get good Christmas bonuses. And you know what I'm thinking? You do that chauffeur thing for uh, 15 years, and then you write a book. My life as a celebrity chauffeur. There you go. Tell all. Yeah, so I'm going with the chauffeur thing. All right. I guess I'd rather get the investment for a startup business. Yeah, but I know what your startup business is. And Plenty. All right. Um, would you rather solve the world's most puzzling and difficult murder cases or commit the perfect murder and never get caught? I don't oh, want to kill anybody. Oh, I know what uh, I'm... Oh, you? No, I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah, I would I would definitely commit the perfect murder and never get caught. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, I couldn't yeah. live with it. Couldn't do it. You don't think there's people that are worth killing? Yes. Yes, I do. There are, there are people that I've seen in the news that'd be like, ooh, that, that guy needs to die. Yeah, but those are generally people to me who are like criminals and stuff. So? Yeah, but that's not really the perfect murder, is it? No, if that person's going to live their life in prison and you think, no, that's not justice, that person needs to die, and I could do it and get away with it, fuck yeah. But that's not like the perfect murder. Well, you're splitting hairs here. Committing the perfect murder and never getting caught means you do you commit it, but... You didn't leave any evidence behind to get caught. I'm seeing, like, perfect murder as being, like, you know, you uh, you did something. I'm not going to use the A word to uh, the the leader of the Western world. See, I'm not going to get sucked into saying the phrase. I don't know what, you, I don't know what you're getting at. Uh, committing a Lee Harvey Oswald kind okay. of thing. Got it. You know. Would you rather solve the world's most puzzling and difficult murder cases? I mean, if what, you if what you would could, be the puzzling and difficult murder case? Well, it'd, probably, it'd have to be unsolved. First one I would think of is Jack the Ripper. Yeah, but I have you. I saw some documentaries on that. I think they kind of know who did that. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, what the, the not the Gemini killer. What's the other one? Um, Zodiac. Zodiac killer. They've got that pretty much figured out too. They do. Yeah, I saw that. Remember the movie Zodiac? I watched that and it was like, yeah, they think they pretty much got it figured out. They just couldn't legally get it, you know, through the courts or, you know, legally. They didn't think they could make it stick, but they knew who did it. Hmm. So, all right. Would you rather dye your hair the color you hate the most for a year or shave your head bald once? Well, I've already shaved my head bald. I'd shave my head bald. Um, so, like, like a... Like a diarrhea brown black hair, a little Puce. bit of green to it, little Puce. little green in there. Puce. Yeah. Chartreuse. Just chartreuse, like a or periwinkle. Periwinkle blue. Yeah, I just like a caravan. Periwinkle blue. I would just shave my head bald. I've done it before and I'll do it again. I'd be worried that if I shaved it bald, it's not coming back. All not right, because well, I shaved it, just because yeah. I'm getting older. Well, yeah, when I've done it, I've noticed when it comes back, I'm like, that's a lot thinner than I remember it being. <laughs> uh, you would, traumatized your head. Yeah. Would you rather volunteer by reading books to sick kids at the hospital or by cooking for and feeding homeless people in shelters? Oh, you know where I'd, I'd Oh, God. I would, I, would, I would have to read the books to sick kids in hospitals 
before cooking and feeding homeless people in shelters. Okay, so if I cook and feed homeless people in shelters, do I actually have to hand them the food or can I just work in the kitchen? Can I work in the kitchen and never have to deal with them? No, I'm, I'm reading this as, as if you have to be in the line handing it out. I don't think I have the stomach for either one of those. They wouldn't want me at that hospital reading to sick kids, depending on how sick. It's like terminal. God, I'd just be a blubbering mess. Yeah. Kids be, the kids would be comforting you. But you know, the same thing with uh, some homeless people. And I see it all the time. There's people on the off-ramps here that are, that are uh, you know, doing the sign that says, oh, homeless vet, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you're not even trying. You're clean-shaven. Those jeans aren't even dirty. You know, you're just... You got your whole camp set up here with your... All yeah. your, you know, fancy bottles of There was one guy, one guy who got dropped off in one spot who had a sign that said, uh, homeless, please help, uh, on brand new sheet of cardboard. And he had a freaking lawn chair. And I'm not talking like, you know, one of the beat up ones with those like cheap strips on them you buy for seven bucks at, at uh, Kmart and somebody throws in the trash. Yeah. No, this was like the nice fold out one. No, you got the lefty, lefty bleeding hearts that keep giving them money. So they'll keep doing it. Did you see some guy somewhere who, uh, I can't remember where this was, he was following quote-unquote homeless people around and finding them walking back to nice houses and all that stuff. And so he would stand by them with a sign that said, this guy's not homeless. Yeah. Well, there's a off-ramp that I get off pretty much every day to go to work. And depending on what time I'm there, there's a guy that gets let off out of a car and then kind of like goes into the bushes and gets all of his gear set out that's supposed to be hidden, like his his amenities, and then he comes out with a sign, with a cardboard sign, and he stands in the corner. What would happen if you just went and took all his gear? <laughs> I should. But I'd like to follow the person that drops him off, too. It's like a nice SUV that drops him off. Well, it sounds like we got some work to do. <laughs> Investigative journalism. Follow him with That's our drone. next step, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, God, both of those things would be tough. All right. Well, no definite answer for that one for you? I'm going to have to lean with kids, but I'd go home and cry into my crying pillow all night long. Yeah. I'd hug the hell out of my kids, I'll tell you that. And some of the people, I mean, really, some of the homeless people are gross. So, well, you I don't know, know how to deal with their scabies. I would be terrible if one of my kids went, spaghetti again? I'd be like, spaghetti again? You're not dying. I spent all day with dying kids. Some guy coming up and coughing into your, yeah. into your face. It's like, dude... But there, there's going to be homeless kids, too. Yeah, there's going to be homeless people that absolutely deserve it, that you're going to feel bad for, and that you're going to want to help them. And there's going to be those ones that are just like, you know, like crazy cat lady, uh, cat lady types that you're like, I, I can't really muster any sympathy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but not sorry. All right. Uh, so we want to talk about Fight Club Minneapolis edition is what you have written up on the board there. Mm -hmm. um, this became national news for Minneapolis when um, 20 people have been arrested. 18 now charged, all connected to brutal robberies in downtown Minneapolis. This is from WCCO, which is uh, it's the CBS affiliate, CBS affiliate here. So the attacks were caught on surveillance video. Anybody who hasn't seen these videos, it, you will you'll be infuriated by these videos. Um, taking place in August, please say groups of people. This is I love how they do this too. Groups of people would target one person, assaulting them. And often to take their cell phone and wallet. The 18 suspects range in age from 15 to 27. You know why that kind of makes me side-eye look at this, the way they're writing this? If it were 18 white dudes beating the shit out of a black guy, that's the first thing they would say. 18 white dudes 
brutally attacking a black man, robbing him and humiliating him and, and, and trying to trying to cripple or kill him. This is why we racially have a, this is why we have a white supremacy problem. Yeah, a racially in a racially motivated attack. Yes. They would they would absolutely say that. But what they're saying here is police say groups of people would target one person. Well, that's not that's not really the extent of what happened here. Why do you have to make everything about race? Because it is at this point. The left has made it all about race. That's the problem nowadays. The the racial hatred fomented from the leftists and the progressives against white people is making things like this happen. This happened. <laughs> oh, if you guys could see the face Rooster just made me, the, the, the lip out pouty cry face. <laughs> you'd probably you'd want to punch him too. All right. So anyway. <laughs> He's got the quivering lip going now too. <laughs> Anywho, let's keep going here. Walking alone is all part of Sne Batka's commute to downtown Minneapolis. So there's His commute? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I had to say that because of the name. So so they interviewed this guy who's uh, East Indian, it looks like. His Sneh, S-N-E-H, Batka. Um, so they obviously had to ask a non-white guy about how unsafe he feels because this is not about race. It's anybody. It could be, it could be anybody who gets attacked and targeted by these black men. Anybody, anybody is, at all. That is the gayest pose I've ever seen you do. Anybody at all. So, you look like um, the lead singer of Scissor Sisters. <laughs> it, here's a quote from him. It does make me feel singled out because all the time I am alone, Badka said. And like when I commute at six in the morning, I am by myself at the train station. I'm alone. You know, I'm not saying this guy wouldn't be targeted by these guys. Because why not? Because he's not black. <laughs> you know, and make sure he'd never be targeted. What? Have a gun. Yeah. Well, and don't be drunk by yourself downtown and be a target. Yeah. Um, so it says his concerns grew upon seeing the disturbing robberies caught on tape occurring near the place he walks. Around 4 a.m. on August 17th at the intersection of 5th Street and Hennepin, a man stands by himself while looking down at his phone. Slowly but surely, people approach. People approach him to talk. To talk. Eventually, he is surrounded, beaten, and left unconscious. All so the thieves could take his phone and wallet. A GoFundMe page has been set up for him. That doesn't convey, though, the the kind of the animosity that was perpetrated in that attack. It wasn't just to rob the guy; it was to hurt him. It was it was it was hate that, that it wasn't just a motivation to get monetary gain or get a phone or something. It was to hurt this guy, to humiliate him. Are you saying that because they basically stripped him down and ran him over with a bike and threw a pot? This is a different guy. Oh, a different guy. Yeah. So um, a few weeks earlier outside Target Field, another group targets a man who was alone in broad daylight. They attack him and even ride a bike over his body all to steal his belongings. This guy was drunk. And these dudes were playing dice in the middle of the street. Just, you know, doing whatever the fuck they want, I guess. And he somehow, I think he was drunk. He sat down on a curb next to right where they were playing. And then they kind of come up to him. And I think he pulled out something like a phone or something. And that's when one of one guys kind of came up and tried to grab the phone and he tried to fight him off. And as soon as he showed any resistance whatsoever, every one of these guys that was in, in the vicinity just went after him. It, there was no, there was no, well, maybe, you know, maybe we should, you know, not have this happen. Maybe I should step in and stop this from happening. No, they were all having a great old time fucking this guy up, trying to cripple him, trying to murder him, trying to humiliate him um, on top of robbing him. They 
stripped his pants off him. They took his belt and started whipping him with it. They were throwing potted plants at him. Luckily, their aim was off. They didn't hit him in the head with those. Uh, and then one guy went and got his bike and came and rode over him with his bike. Another guy did some stupid like backyard wrestling flip onto him because he thought it was so fun and funny to humiliate this this white dude. And don't tell me, oh, it could have been anybody there. No, no, it was racially motivated. Well, and even if you think it's not racially motivated, here's my question. There's like three of these videos that have surfaced now. Why is it always a group of black guys beating up some white guys? Yeah, it's not the other way around. No matter how how much the leftist progressives want you to think that our racist America has a bunch of white guys, young white guys going around targeting gays and blacks and and any and Jews and and Hispanics and and beating the shit out of them, it doesn't fucking happen. You know why? No, it doesn't happen because if it actually did happen, we would see it nonstop yeah. for weeks on the news. Well, and they'll bring up the guy who was the. I'm probably going to get sent. Was it Matthew Shepard? The guy, the gay guy in Wyoming? Sounds got, familiar. Yeah, he got dragged. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. That happened. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I think it might have been white guys, given it was Wyoming. Yeah. But and it, it, it would have been horrible. It was 15 years ago. Yeah. It was in freaking Wyoming, meaning yeah. there probably weren't places to catch this on surveillance Here. camera. But my point is, you can't take one thing. And say, well, what about that guy? He this was is happening multiple times. Yes. This is only, for some reason, these three happened in such short succession and they got reported that you're seeing, okay, that's not just one, two, it's three incidents. This is not the extent of it. This is not just three incidents. There's every day, if you know, if not every day, every week, there's something like this happening downtown. There's something like this happening in urban centers where it's, it's a, groups of usually black men that go go after a single white woman or a single white man and they don't report on it now this is so egregious here and had such good video that they couldn't help but report on it but what's what's the underlying issue of is it that black men are savages no that's not what i'm getting at i'm getting at that there is a culture now especially in you know the the inner city and and the lower um income strata that is kind of like a tribal, like um, it's a feral thing, feral kind of atmosphere that's that's perpetuated, that's glorified, and also then you've got the people, the liberals and the progressives that are promoting the fact that whites are your problem as a black person or a brown person, that whites are causing you to be not rich and causing you to be in poverty and causing you to have all kinds of problems with drugs and whatever. It's not your fault. It's white culture, white society, colonial. This, I mean, you hear it nonstop in the colleges, you hear it nonstop in the media. You see shows that even like TV shows like that are just fake. Like, uh, what, um, what are the police procedural shows that, that yeah, stuff like that. You'll just on the, on our side. Yeah. All these white people, you know, that's the reason the blacks are down because these rotten white people. And it's just nonstop fomenting racial hatred towards white people and saying that, you know, and then any black people that stand up go, no, it's not white people keeping black people in these situations. It's, it's having, not having a, a, a family. It's having the fatherless homes. It's having, um, this thug culture that you emulate, um, it's all kinds of stuff. And then they get shouted down. They get shut up, the black people that are trying to say, no, this is not a problem. It's not an outside problem. It's an internal problem, and we need to fix it. No, 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 that's not, no, we can't have that. we got to blame somebody else. And again, we're not sitting here saying, well, it's all black men who no, are like this. No, of course not. It's in a certain part 
of these cities where police work has gone, police uh, policing has gone down. Mayors are saying, you know, we got to back off on this. We can't target, you know, black people uh, um, disproportionately. And disproportionately means based on, for them, based on percentage of race. You know, I mean, if there's 10 times as many white people, we can't, we got to arrest 10 times as many white people than we do black people or there's a racial imbalance. It's certain income levels in certain parts of certain cities, which are generally run by liberals for a long period of time and generally are cutting back in the police. Now, right now, even in, I think it's in, it's either in Minneapolis or St. Paul. It's one of those two, but I think it's Minneapolis. The Parks and Rec Board is saying we need $2 million, an extra $2 million, above and beyond what we've already been given, to run youth programs. And the police chief is going, we need 14 more cops. I need 14. And that's just to get where I need to be. That's not where we should be. That's where I need to be to run the city. And, by the way, the police chief is black. Yeah, And also but, these youth so, programs are jokes. So they're saying, well, we got to find a way to get this $2 million to these to this Parks and Rec stuff. Again, above and beyond what they've already got. And maybe that would help. But you know what we need more than anything right now? It's freaking policemen. Sorry, police persons. Well, we need that in the short term. But the long term is a cultural problem that is not being addressed and being perpetuated by academia and the media and and people with voices that know better but are just you know they're just pushing this agenda of shit on shit on shit on people because it's not your fault shit on somebody else make it somebody else's issue and not I, your issue i think we need some shame here yeah and what i mean by that is i think there are plenty of black people in those areas who want to change that oh, yeah, absolutely i mean you s- there's there's a lot of black people that see people like this and go that's I'm not going to be anywhere near. I don't want anything to do with that. That's disgusting. But those are the people who, if this stuff was reported on a lot more, would be like, we got to get our kids out of the news. And by kids, I mean their community collective kids, you know. Uh, but it's a deeper issue. The problem, the big problem is the fatherless homes. That's the number. That's where that's the cause right there. It's it's the breakdown of the family unit. You got. The breakdown of the family unit, which is fomented by the cultural Marxists, the fucking communists that basically want big daddy government to be to be mom and dad for everybody. And they they promote in the black community. They've promoted for years upon years to, to you know, abort. That's why abortions are you know out of out of control with the black community, more so than with white, even though the white community is catching up. Um, and then the fatherless homes are the divorce rate or did not even get married in the first place rate. And, you know, women having children because it's more cost effective to have children than to go get a job. And then if they have a man in the home or if they get married, then they lose those benefits. So it's a catch 22 for them. And so it just, it's just a cycle that gets worse and worse and worse. And it's been on this trend for what, what, 30 years or more, oh, God, 40 years more than that. since the sixties. Yeah. Since the '60s, so yeah, 50 years, um, and that's the that's the root of this. That's the root of the problem is not having the family structure to teach you know young men to be a, a, you know um, functioning in society. You can't have woman a woman on welfare with however many kids uh, raising functional men by herself. 
It'll happen. It'll, you'll yeah, have the situations happen. where it happens. But There'll generally, who works yep, three jobs. Yeah, it'll and, happen. You'll have that kind of standout where you know she's. What she, happened to Ben Carson? Exactly. There, it will happen. But we're not talking specifics. We're right. talking generalities. You, you have to. You have to base this on generalities. And, and generally speaking, it's not good for society. And it would be the biggest fix for for this kind of thing would be to promote promote the a family uh, unit by you know changing the welfare system and 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 get making it so that yeah if you if you have children out of wedlock okay you're going to get some assistance i guess cuz you kind of have to at this point but there's going to be some sort of promotion to say okay if you do get married and you do get a job like that we're not going to just all or nothing cut off that welfare and then the job you're getting is not a good replacement let's let's do like a gradual thing like well, something to work towards that's the biggest problem we have for people who are trying to get, for people who are honestly working to get out of poverty. Yeah, they don't trans. It's not a transition. Get, it's a cutoff. And the, I don't think that works. Too much, there's too much benefit and too little incentive yeah. to get. So if you start working 40 hours a week, you will get more money than you do on those benefits. But it's not a huge amount of money, you know. But And, and also, they once you start making a, a money, it, they don't transition to less benefits. They just, boom, that, that benefit is done. And that's just too star. It's too harsh for, for a regular human being to sit there and go, well, is it worth it? No. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not making excuses for people now. Um, but I'm, I'm saying the liberal progressive cultural Marxist way of doing things. It's what's destroying and it's fomenting this racial hatred too on top of it. That wasn't really as bad as it is now, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. It, it was a lot of that as Obama. Yeah. I don't, a lot of that I didn't see pointing yeah, out the difference. I didn't see the racial animosity 10, 15 years ago that I'm seeing now, you know, and, and, and that's not, and I'm not seeing it so much from, the whites to the blacks where I am actually seeing white people going, Jesus Christ. Okay. Again with this. Well, and you know, I don't mean to be doing a uh, thanks Obama kind of thing. I mean, I'm not trying to blame all the world's ills on the guy, but one thing he really did do was foment a lot of racial issues. Oh yeah. He really did. Yeah. I mean like that. Multiple, multiple, um, like that one instances, that one cop who, uh, was the beer, the beer summit, but yeah. Obama's friend, who was a college professor, was breaking Were into. Were they friends? Acquaintance, uh, yeah, I think so. Or he knew of him from some school, yeah. maybe. The, but this guy was breaking into his home, own home in a nice neighborhood because he lost his key or something. So he got arrested, but he made a big stink out of it because I'm black, right? It's like no, it's because you're breaking into a home. We don't know whose home it is. Whatever. So Obama came out immediately before knowing anything. And said the cop was stupid. Said. They acted stupidly. The cops acted stupidly. The fuck are yeah. you doing? This is the problem. Stay out of that stuff. Yeah, and uh, how Trayvon Martin, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. Yeah, what does that even mean? What does it mean? But it does mean what it what it what the dog whistle here is, is that um, they're targeting black kids and and um God, yeah. now I know what dog whistling means. <laughs> you are just educating me, Carl. Yeah, targeting black kids and that if you see anybody attacking a black kid that could be your son as a black person, and you should, you should see that for what the racism, racism that it is. I mean, what I, it actually is convoluted. I don't even, I, would, I don't even know if I came up with the right reason for it, but it, it was still more of that complete. And he did it multiple times. Yeah, those are just two examples of it. And it's like, for for us electing a black, half black guy, for president that was supposed to be all this racial healing, 
it actually was the opposite. It he made it worse. He he took us backwards in racial relation race relations. Well, honestly. you know it's funny when Kanye West said George Bush doesn't care about black people. I think most people went, "Come on, yeah, really." And I think, um, I I think now when if someone were to say, "Well, Trump doesn't care about black people," people go, "Yeah, see, he doesn't." And I I just I don't know. It was like well, the Trump hatred is Larry knows Elder's no bounds. Larry Elder's thing about uh, Ronald Reagan. But they said, "Oh, what a racist guy he was!" And during the Reagan administration, black people prospered quite a bit. And he says if he hated black people, he did a terrible job at keeping them down. And Trump also right now. Yeah. The black well, unemployment. Well, but no, Obama, Obama did that, though. Yeah, the black unemployment raised down. Oh, no, Obama said it was going to be the new normal, what no, we were living in. No, it doesn't matter what he said. Uh, what he did was. Yeah, he, he know, led from behind. Two and a half years later after he left, everything is good because of what it took him eight years to do. I guess my point is you can't watch these videos of of these guys attacking this guy and not see that it it's based on not just wanting money and wanting to rob somebody. It's a, it's about wanting wanting to hurt, humiliate and, you know, even possibly permanently injure or kill a person because and it's got to be racial. Well, even if it's not, the best the best possible case is that they're just feral. Yeah, which is still, I mean, They're what just, is that? What is that saying about a community then? Because you're not yeah. seeing. You go down down as a as a white guy who's been drinking, and you go downtown, and you see a bunch of black dudes playing craps in the middle of the street, and you're going to sit down next to them. What what does that say? Just don't be there. What kind of brainwashing have you gotten to think that that's okay? Because here's the here's the thing: you're not going to see a bunch of white guys playing craps in the middle of the street downtown. So I'm not saying no. That, they'll be in Vegas at the Bellagio. <laughs> Well, exactly. Because they're privileged. Oh, let's go. Privilege. Okay. And you know, they'd never let this group of black guys go in there and play at the. There's not show. the level of of blatant out there racial animosity from white people towards black people that there are from black people, and I'm not saying all of them. No, it's just it's really towards quiet. white people it's right really now. Really quiet dog whistling. That's what it well, is. At, if there was if there was dog whistling instead of this kind of shit happening from the blacks to the whites on the on the left on the right, sure, fine. Um, so from January 1st, August 26th in 2018, police said there were 156 robberies downtown during that same span in 2019, there were 240, an increase of 53.8%. Police said during a three week stretch in August, uh, 48 robberies were reported 23 happening in one week. Most of the robberies were taking place along, uh, between third and sixth street, as well as Hennepin and second, uh, key times 10 PM to 3 AM. Police say the criminals in the recent cases, Here's a quote. Here's another term that's driving me crazy. Quote unquote, finesse the victim. They search for easy targets, typically someone who is intoxicated alone and looking at their phone. Many of these juveniles that are affected by this are part. Okay, I'm going to stop before I say that quote. I'm going to go back to this finessing. So the term they use is finessing. So they, this is not what these guys were doing in this video. This was not finessing. Finessing is when they go up in a group. And they basically just get hands on, but don't get really violent because they don't want to. They don't want to raise the level of you know assault where they're leaving marks, and then they'll like reach in pockets and stuff. It's distraction. It's t- it's a distraction thing. One of those videos they were doing that, but they end up fucking beating yeah. the shit out of them anyway. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this was from like the, some of the South American countries even have this where or like Brazil or something where you'd see people uh guy street street kids you know the homeless street kids would run up to a person and then they'd like cause a commotion and then reach in his pockets and grab his or grab a purse off a girl and they'd leave but they wouldn't 
they wouldn't try to humiliate the people. They wouldn't try to beat the people. They were just trying to rob them. Mm-hmm. That's finesse. This is not finesse. This is like you said, feral. This is wanting to wanting to cause more than just robbery. It's you're not even with this many people attacking one guy for a cell phone. You're not even getting any money out of it. You're not making money. You're just doing it because you want to hurt someone and yeah. humiliate someone. I remember seeing 60 Minutes um, years ago, and there were these four these four guys, black guys, running a inner city work program, and it it was tough. It was um, so this was sort of your last strike kind of thing. Like if you were if you'd been if you had a history of incarceration, and it was for women too. And, you know, you got caught again or whatever. They were like, look, you can go through this program. You need to get through this program. If you don't, you're going back in. And so these guys would run it and they would say, look, we're going to teach you how to interview for a job. We're going to teach you how to dress for a job. We're going to, you know, teach you these skills. It was things as simple as I need you to show how you would shake someone's hand. You're coming into a room for an interview. How do you enter that room? Okay. And so this guy stands about. Uh, 30 feet away, which is, or not even that, maybe 20, which is an awkward distance when you're not used to meeting and talking to people to, to cross the room. And he says, I want you to cross this room, look at me in the eye, walk out, shake your hand, put your hand out, shake mine firmly and say, how are you doing, sir? I'm so-and-so. And people would be like, all right, they'd line up at the door and they'd start walking. He'd go, nope, back of the line. Cause they didn't look. He goes, I said, look at me. The whole time. They're like, well, that's intimidating. He goes, I don't care. Get to the back of the line. Do it again. We're going to keep doing it. Um, then he would say, all right, tomorrow I want you to come in a in a shirt and a tie for guys. Either it has to be a white shirt or a light blue shirt. Okay? That's what you come in. Some guy shows up in like a pink shirt. He goes, what the hell? I didn't. He goes, well, you know, I just thought. He goes, no, that's not the instruction I gave you. Yeah. I get told you white shirt and or blue shirt. So they go through this thing, and I'm like, God, this is an amazing. Yeah, sounds good. This is an amazing program, and it's working with people yeah. who really need this help and everything. And you come to find out that all four guys run have been incarcerated before. And I'm thinking, give. Where do I send a check to these guys? Yeah, yeah. I'm all for those programs. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds very good. Um, that's great. But your average social worker who's sitting there going, all right. You know, now I got to figure out how to get benefits for this person or how to not get benefits for this person. Well, then on, on top, I don't think they're helping on top of that to have, like I said, this racial animosity kind of thing happening where they're, you know, where, where it's, it's saying it's not your fault and, and, and putting it off. And right now, like the white male is the go-to boogeyman for everybody's problems nowadays. And that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't, obviously as a white guy, it pisses me off. And irritates me because I know it's not true. But then, as black people, it doesn't help. You. It doesn't help your kids. It doesn't help you know the community. It doesn't help to be to be envious and hateful of another group. Look, everybody can have bad things happen to them. Everybody has you know. You may not say, "Well, we have equal opportunity." You really, you really do. I mean, there's the government's not stopping. You know, if you if you build a product, the government's not targeting you because you're race saying you can't do that nobody starts from the exact same spot we all get that and sometimes it's generational you look at someone and say well that guy has this and whatever yeah but you go back four generations his family is poor farmers somewhere they they work their way up maybe that's the first person in their family to go to college and you can't necessarily always compare people apples to apples 
So not everybody has the same circumstances and not everybody uh, has it easy. Some people have it harder. But at some point, your condition, your place in life is a summation of the choices you've made. And that's the thing that some people have a hard time with, you know? Yep. Why were you in prison two times? Okay. The first one on the drug thing, I get it. But then you said you couldn't get a job, so you robbed somebody. You know. But also, there, I think some of these some of these issues, you do have to have a two prong attack. You do have to have more policing and more law enforcement because, in the short term, you're not going to fix any of this. You're not. You have to. You have to just basically deal with, with the symptom. You have I to agree. Deal with it. And then, but you have to while you're doing dealing with the symptom, then you have to work on the cause of the illness, the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem is a lot like you were saying. They need to do these programs, and they need to they need to promote the family. Well, and uh, again, we talked about school choice before, and they say, well, if we just give these kids vouchers to go to whatever school they want, the shitty school that they're at, they're at is really going to suffer because it keeps losing more and more money. And how are the kids there are going to deal with it? You're right. There is a group of kids who are in that school for four, five, six years that will suffer as that school starts to lose more money. But guess what? They also have the option of getting out. Yeah. If we're doing the voucher system, they can get out. And so maybe that school fails. And maybe it's a neighborhood school. And that hits people in the fields going, well, that school used to be good. And now it's not. Hell, it's closed down. You know, and my kids have to bust to this other school. Yeah, that sucks. What's your kid's education yeah. like? But you're not going to, if these schools for 30 years have not been able to help these kids, at some point we have to say, this window of kids is going to take the beating. This window of kids of four years while the school degrades because every person who has the opportunity is leaving, you know, um, at least that fixes education at that point. And then somebody goes, we got to get this school back up here. What do we do? You know, but then then that's just one, one prong of the attack. No, I I agree. But there's the things that stop us sometimes. Well, this, this deal at the park board, uh, I think it was Minneapolis, but it could have been St. Paul where they're saying, Hey, we need the $2 million. And uh, no, it was St. Paul because uh, Todd Axtell was the chief. And he's saying, we need more police. There's actually people there protesting the police yeah. at this meeting, going, we don't need more policing. We need more programs. Whatever. You need both. Yeah. And and the programs are not, I'm not talking about just a money sink either. Things that actually will make a difference. And another thing I want to point out is you don't have to, you can see a group of guys playing dice, 20, 20 black men playing dice in downtown on, on a street corner, and you can go... That's somewhere I don't want to be. Yeah. I think that's trouble and not be racist. Right. Because it is trouble. And you can you can sit there and see that for what it is and still go, yeah, I would like to see uh, this not happen or see, see these guys not have this ability. A, these guys that are committing these kind of crimes, f- fucking lock them up because I think most of them are a lost cause at this point. But two, we need to stop this from happening, from 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 perpetuating. Well, and you know what? If you saw 20 guys hanging out down there, white guys with their heads shaved, wearing jeans and wife beaters, you'd probably think. Yeah, that's trouble. Trouble a- in the making. Something's going on here that I don't want to be part of. I don't want to be, be here of. either. Yeah. If you were seeing that, if I was seeing that right now, I wouldn't say, I would be making excuses for them. Oh, all these all these, uh, du- all these, white dudes are hanging out uh, cooking meth. 
And by the, the way, corner. I wouldn't be. I'm a white dude, so I'm safe. No, 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 <laughs> like, no. This is not somewhere I want to be. No, because it's a, it's more of a cultural issue at this point. But race is part of it. Well, it's just like the example I've given before. You know, the two guys on the one side of the street wearing hoodies, and the guy on the other side of the street wearing a business wearing suit. The suit. Yeah. I want to be inside with the guy wearing the business suit. And if the two guys in the hoodies are white and the guy in the business suit is black, I want to be over with the black no, guy I, going, we got to watch out for Here's the funny. Two. You get these like programs where they'll, they'll do a thing like that, but they'll switch it up. So the guy in the suit's actually like a, a white supremacist or he's a, or a black supremacist. And he's just, you know, um, a hateful person that's just, you know, ready to kill. And then the two guys with hoodies are actually missionaries that are, you know, church. It's like, stop it. It's very possible. It is. It is possible, but it's not likely. But generally speaking, overall, if you're, uh, especially in the black community, if you're from a fatherless home and the mother's on welfare or whatever, you're not going to have the best um, role models. You're not going to have the best life lessons to learn how to grow up and how to be a productive person. You're going to turn out like these jackasses turned out kind of sociopaths, like like the Russian orphanages. You know, they, well, yeah, where they don't even touch the kids and they yeah, just, they, they don't they, learn empathy. And, and once they grow up, they're, they're beyond help at that point. They've, they've, well, they're, they're, they've, their brains have developed the way that they're going to be these sociopaths that have no empathy. Well, well, that's what you're raising with these kids. Well, you not say, that bad, but you would say, especially in the black community, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I, I well, it's know. because they're the ones that are suffering most right now from the destruction of the family. Well, that's true. Yeah. And that's the only reason. That they're in this in this situation, it wouldn't be this bad if the if the welfare state didn't basically specific and abortion clinics or if, or if didn't white specific, liberals, specifically target the black community. If white liberals weren't so fucking racist, yeah, that too. They are. If yeah. you have any topics you want us to cover, we we try to get through a bunch of them, but we kind of get stuck on one and really get riled up on it, and we miss a lot of other topics. So yeah, you're racist, rant. If there's something you guys really want to hear us um, discuss, uh, shoot us a uh, a email it's rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com check us out on facebook at bread and circuses podcast and throw us a rating or a like thank you see you bye <laughs>